This week on The Pour Over, Joe and Dill discuss Dead to Me, a newly released Netflix show about the comedic side of loss, grief, and forgiveness. This show's got more layers than Mexican lasagna, and it might be just as confusing. Listen in as they discuss episode 3 and 4 of the new dark comedy, Dead to Me. Let's pour it all over. Hello friends and welcome to the Pour Over Podcast, hosted by myself, Joe, and Dill. Each week we bring you our thoughts on a certain episode of a TV show, and most importantly, chit-chat about the very thing so many of us depend on each morning. Coffee! This time we'll be chatting about Dead to Me, a new TV comedy on Netflix. But before we get into all that, let's catch up with the Pour Over Boys. So yeah, how's it going, Dill? It's going pretty well. I'm just kind of chilling post, you know, uh, spring semester. So it's yeah. good for me, man. How, how are you doing? Not bad, not bad. Um, just, you know, yeah, wrapping up the rest of the school year. Um, and, yeah, just tying up some loose ends here at school. Um, coffee's been pretty good. I've been. Um, oh, yeah? Yeah, man. I've been on the pour over uh, train, man. Just going every day pour over. Yeah, very nice. You still, still on the Kalita wave? Yeah, still on the wave. I haven't bought you know any new gear yet, but mm-hmm. I might get the Chemex uh, at oh. some point. Okay. Yeah, but uh, yeah, the wave's been good. It's been um, giving me a lot more to drink every day. Like I can yeah. pretty easily make like um, like uh, you know twelve to fourteen ounces, and that fills up my mug pretty good. Um, I also think that with the pour over, you can actually extract more flavor as opposed mm. to the um, the uh, AeroPress, um, which I think you might have talked about before that you feel like the AeroPress kind of just kind of evens everything out and it mm-hmm. kind of makes really good tasting brews taste all right and very poor tasting beans taste all right too. Yeah, for sure. It's been a while since I've used the AeroPress, but yeah, I think that generally what I remember of it, I mean, you know, they, they have their strengths and weaknesses, pros and cons, but yeah, I mean, my, my go-to every day is also just a pour-over with the V60, so that's kind of my, my preference, partially for the mm-hmm. volume also, just because you only get so much with the AeroPress. Right. I wonder, too, if uh, the flavor extraction has to do with the volume as well, like just mm-hmm. having more beans lends to more uh, more flavor being extracted. But, I mean, it's it's a ratio, right? So it shouldn't really matter. Mm-hmm. It's more the, me- the kind of the method. Yeah, yeah. I, I feel like the method might be more potentially just because the AeroPress is immersion, like the beans sit in the water for a long time, whereas mm-hmm. pour-over is a drip where the water just runs through and doesn't necessarily have a super long contact time. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, I mean, they just produce different, um, flavor, flavor profiles. So it just kind of depends. Yeah. Both, both are good. Um, which is kind of what I, I've been feeling with my, uh, my coffee recently. I feel like it's been kind of like boring, if that makes sense. Oh. I don't know. Like, it's just kind of been like, oh, well, you know, I, I got my rhythm with a V60. I've done it yeah. every day for, I don't know how many days now. I like realized either today or yesterday, I was like, hmm. The coffee isn't necessarily as exciting, maybe, just like the process and all of that. I'm just kind of like going through the motions in some ways. Hmm. And so since, you know, you're switching it up with the different brew methods, I was like, you know, is that intentional? Like, are you trying to mix it up? Or I'm not really sure if you think about brewing in that kind of Mm -hmm. way, though. 
Yeah, I think uh, I think that's a that's a very uh, valid um, conundrum to be in because I think yeah we have to kind of diversify the way we brew and that would probably lend towards more exciting mornings with our coffee. Mm. Uh, at the same time, though, I feel like a pour over is kind of the most um, interactive way to brew coffee. Yeah, like you know, I, I think with the pour over, you're kind of over on top of the brew and you kind of see it and you kind of smell it and you're able to, you know, take your time with it. It's just more of a interactive and immersive experience. Mm. Um, so I don't know what you got to do, Dill. You got to like, uh, got to bathe in that coffee. You got to <laughs> do something to, you know, get it, get the spice going again. Yeah, yeah. So I might try a different brew method or something or try to change it up how I do it with the V60. I I don't know. It's kind of one of those. It's like, oh, it's it's like I haven't thought about brewing coffee and like the process. I haven't like thought about it in a while. I just kind of do it. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's kind of how I feel. I'm like, oh, yeah, you know, I know it's time to make coffee. I do it. You know, it's like it's enjoyable. But at the same time, I'm just not as like present, if that makes sense. Hmm. How do you fix that? Mm, I I think changing up the rhythm. I think usually in in anything you kind of if you fall into like a normal pattern, which is not a bad thing, but you just kind of get used to it. You get complacent in some ways. So like I said, maybe yeah. the easiest way is to change up the brew method, or mm. um, I don't know, start tweaking different things um, in how you normally brew. I don't know, grind size, pour types. I don't know, um, different things like that. So yeah, I, I might try out a different method although i don't have my aeropress but i do have my chemex though since you brought that up mm. might you know try it out a bit just do something a little different yeah sure yeah. that's a good idea maybe you could whip out the um uh what's that the 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 the, re- the new one you got recently with the what's it called with the fire <laughs> And you gotta light it up, oh, and then the uh, fire. I was like, "Ooh, fire!" The coffee. fire. Um, yeah, the siphon. The siphon. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. That that's like ultimate. Like, you know, V sixty is good. I think it's a good balance between you're involved, but the mm-hmm. siphon is like really extra, in my opinion. <laughs> uh, that's true, yeah, though. If I was that. trying to brew with the siphon, it would it would require a lot more effort, and I think I'd be more more into it, maybe. But again, is, is, I think there's is that balance where like the barrier to entry with the siphon is a bit higher just because there's so much mm-hmm. more you have to do. Sure. Yeah, but that's true. Yeah, I, I could try that out. Hmm. Well, I'd be curious what our listeners think. You know how how have you guys spiced up your coffee life? Sound like we're uh, in marriage counseling here. Mm. But uh, how do you guys? You know, do you guys buy new bag, new exciting bag of beans? Like I don't know what um different ways you guys have tried uh that's kind of the first thing i think about is just trying a new bean yeah maybe going for something more expensive mm. uh, just taking that risk yeah today actually i i guess i went the other way maybe more cheap um okay because actually i ran out of the lemma i drank it all it was good i'll probably buy beans from them again but nice. um a, a friend gave me I I mean is essentially it's like a pre-packaged um like ground uh, coffee grounds. Um they got it at an Airbnb I think in Chicago. Okay. And they're telling me it was actually pretty good for what it was and so they they gave me a bag to try and I brewed it today. I think it's from 
a company called Metropolis Coffee Company. I mean, I've never heard of them. But, um, you know, with those kind of prepackaged things, I'm pretty, like, sus. I'm like, eh, I don't know, man. Mm. But it it's wasn't bad, which means it's good, if that makes sense, in my mind, I guess, because I have, like, low expectations. Where, yeah. like, it's acceptable, which actually means it's decent. Um, <laughs> I wouldn't say that it, I wouldn't say it was amazing, um, yeah. but for what it was, it, it was pretty good. I, mean, I, I wouldn't say there's Metropolis. a lot of flavor going on. Uh, my initial reaction was like, this just tastes like hot water. What the? Which I don't think that's a bad Yo. thing. Like, Wait, would what? you rather it tastes like hot water or like tastes really bad? You know, I mean, I, I would rather not it taste bad, but hot water is not a not a big step above that. It's not. It's like, not. That's a pretty low but bar. In, in my mind, I, I think like it's if it's not offensive then i'm like all right this is acceptable oh yeah so well, maybe, maybe my bar is is a little a little lower but maybe just because of the expectation even when i was brewing it i was like mm, yeah i don't think this is gonna be good but it's like okay what did you mean by prepackaged coffee like oh what, what, what was that it's mean? like a small little package of just i think it was 70 grams of coffee in there and it's like already ground i think the idea is that you just open it and then you pour it all into your coffee maker and you just make a pot of coffee. Oh, okay. Yeah, so it's not like... It's a lot of waste. Yeah, I mean, kind of. Well, it is for Airbnb, so you have to... Like, convenience, I guess, is kind of the thing there. Um, As opposed to just putting, like, a whole can of, like, Folgers, they decided to to put those, which are better. I assume they cost more, too. So I kind of appreciate that. So she just got you... That's just like a little sampler bag. Um, I guess it's kind of like a, enough for like one pot, probably. Okay. Yeah. Can I imagine like what they put in hotels next to the, like the little Mister Coffee? They have the little like tea bags, and then like oh, okay. a one-time use thing for coffee grounds or something like that. I got gotcha. you. Yeah, but I mean, it came with seventy grams, which is pretty significant. Pretty significant amount. So yeah, good enough for like one pot, I think. Yeah. And, like automatic drip. Hmm. Well, I did buy another bag of beans when okay. I um, went out of town this weekend, and uh, they are out of Detroit. It's a coffee roaster slash coffee shop called Populous. Um, Populous. And yeah, they're relatively new, I think, and they're run out of a hotel called The Siren in downtown Ooh. Detroit. I think I posted some pictures on our Instagram. Mm. But it was a really nice vibe, really cool aesthetic. Uh, I would definitely go visit again. Those both of those sound very hipster, for lack of a better word. It's <laughs> like, oh yeah, populist coffee, you know, bro- or roasting out of the siren. Yeah, um, these kind of like terms. But okay, that's 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 you're, cool. You're pretty on the ball there. I mean, if you walk in, <laughs> you you would feel like you're. Walking into like uh, like a Wes Anderson movie, like Fantastic uh, Mr. Fox, you know, yes. just like real, yeah, real interesting, you know, Moonrise Kingdom type ish. So I would definitely go visit again, and I would recommend, yeah, if, if you're ever in Detroit, check that place out. All they right, got some nice baristas. Right. Uh, the drinks there are good, uh, good service, and just really interesting vibe. Nice. I mean, it's not it's not always a bad thing if you, you know, if you if you have your you know, vibe you're going for, and you just really lean into that. That's not a bad thing. I can yeah. enjoy that. 
Oh, yeah. And, I, and to add to that, um, you know, it being a vibe, it's not like a good place to study, I would think. Oh, which, why is that? Um, Because there's no real tables. I mean, oh. it's, it's like when you're sitting in the coffee shop, it feels like you're in the living room. Oh, oh so it's oh. like kind of low coffee tables where you couldn't really put a computer mm-hmm. on kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh. Like very yeah, loud. At first, when we said there were no tables, I thought it was like standing only. It's like <laughs> this whole new way to experience coffee or something, aka they just didn't <laughs> want to buy furniture. Right, right, right. Yeah, okay. Uh, so it's more, much more like sit back and kind of have a conversation sort of deal. Mm hmm. For sure. Yeah. Okay, they still have like a bar seating area or? Uh, no. No, they oh, just wow. have, they have the, the coffee shop. Or the barista area, which is directly across from the hotel uh, check-in, hmm. and it's just in the lobby. So oh. the seating is kind of off to the side, and all the decor is kind of half, I guess, half populist, half siren, or you know, they just populist just adopted the style of the siren hotel. Yeah. But um, yeah, you're, you're kind of just drinking coffee in the hotel lobby, which obviously oh. hotel lobbies aren't really meant for studying. Yeah. You know, more of a place you lounge and wait to get your key or check in or whatnot. So if, do you feel more like a pop-up shop, sort of? A little bit, yeah. Mm. Um, yeah, because it's a really small space. Yeah. Yeah, when I went to buy the Lemma Coffee, because um, their, their, their main coffee shop is in Denton. I haven't been there. But I bought it from their UTD location, which is on college campus. It's similar. Okay. It's just kind of this, like, open space in sort of the lobby of one of the main buildings and it's okay. just like there kind of like before mm. it was just like nothing in that space and then now they just kind of put like a counter set up there although they did add tables but i guess it's kind of, kind of similar it's not like a permanent space feeling i mean it's permanently there but it's not its own like area okay gotcha yeah hmm well yeah i'll let you know how that uh populist tastes yeah, definitely. We'll we'll uh, wait for your review on that one. That concludes our coffee talk, and we got to move on to our uh, discussion of Dead to Me. Like we said yes, at the sir. top of the show, um, we we're talking about that Netflix new show, Dead to Me. It's a TV comedy. Um, stars Christina Applegate, who's a widow who's mourning the sudden loss of her husband, and then uh, Linda Cardellini who is her new free-spirited companion, and they share a grim connection to her husband's passing. So yeah, Dead to Me talks about loss, grief, forgiveness, through kind of a comedic lens, uh, through the relationship mm-hmm. of Jen and Judy. And this week, we're talking about episodes three and four. So yeah, man, well, what what'd you think? Uh, we're a little bit more into the show now, so we've gotten a, yeah. a good portion right. of, of the episodes in. Well, what are right. your initial reactions? Yeah, we're we're kind of at the point in the show where we really get to know our characters a lot more, learning more about the background. You know, with Jen, we're learning more about her relationship with her husband. We're finding out little details about her husband that, um, you know, may or not, may not be related to, you know, the event. You know, mm-hmm. we find out about his online girlfriend. Uh, mm-hmm. With Jen, we find out about her, uh, her... Um, her, the surgery that was conducted to um, after her mother died from breast cancer, you know, that was a random drop. Uh, oh, yeah. You know, with Judy, we just find out more about her dynamic with Steve. 
so yeah, I think to answer your question, um, it's been pretty good. Like just getting to know the characters a little bit more, um, you know, their jokes are popping, you know, you kind of mm-hmm. get, you understand the dynamics of so things are funnier that way. Um, I will say though, that it does get a little predictable sometimes mm. and yeah, I don't mean predictable in the sense that like, you know, what's going to happen next, but I kind of felt like in episodes three and four, you knew that something, you knew that, uh, there would be a twist. Like you knew mm. that it would not happen like the way that you expect it to. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think they kind of set it up in one and two, but and they, they kind of have to do something different to keep it interesting. Because yeah. like one and two introduces the characters, the you know the the plot, all that stuff is generally just like comedic and happy. But if they, I mean, they could have continued on that, but I think it makes it a bit more interesting to kind of dive a little bit deeper into like the kind of like the underlying story that they've kind of been teasing about Ted and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So it's, yeah. it's okay. I, I feel like these episodes got a little more serious, if that mm. makes sense. Like, I feel like the comedy, it was still definitely there, but to yeah, me almost took, took a like backseat. a, like a backseat. Yeah. Kind of like yeah. secondary to like the more seriousness of, of like the plot and the story. Right. Yeah, I would definitely agree. It felt more like a drama these uh, mm. these last two episodes. Yeah, and just watching them, I I really felt like I was watching a show. And no offense to any of our listeners, that was geared more towards women and just mm. people who you know like to watch like Sex in the City. Um, you know, like uh, I think Friends is a show for everyone, but you know, just like shows that center more around the lives of like women in their sex lives. Sure. Uh, really, you know, like with the jokes that were dropped about, um, you know, oh man, Steve, does he have a big dick? Like, <laughs> that's when I was like, oh dang, this show is not for kids. Yeah. And, you know, um, at the same time, I was, I was just, yeah, like, I don't know. And, and I don't want to be like, oh, just because it's about women, the story is about women, it's not for men. But, I don't know. I just like, I, I think it would hit so much harder for like someone who's kind of been in that kind of dynamic, mm. that kind of relationship before. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, the main characters are females and I think they're trying to lean into that a bit more as well. Um, as opposed to, I don't know, kind of being halfway, be like, oh yeah, we'll cast these two female leads, but not totally be real. I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I, yeah, I don't yeah, know yeah. what women talk about in in their conversations all the time, but you know, I feel like this <laughs> might be more real in some sense. Yeah, but you kind of do now, though, right? Yeah, that's true. You know, uh, we you know we watching shows all the time just from the male perspective. Now, now we get in the other side. Hmm. Um. Yeah, for sure. What did you think about um? You know, the friends of heaven and that that uh, those scenes. I I like the other like the other people that go and not just Jen and Judy but the other people that kind of fill in. I feel like they usually serve as some like comedic um kind of, kind of comic relief sort of kind of yeah, also like I feel like Jen's kids. Yeah, yeah. Um like Ken, Jen's younger son sometimes where they're like they're having a Jen and Judy are having a conversation. But then like the background characters are there to lighten the mood sort of. Mhm. 
Um, so yeah, it's so like a couple of them were talking about, you know, cause they're like, Oh, we're glad to see Jen and Judy here to, t- together. Like your friends again, obviously, cause Jen straight up confronted Judy last time. And one of the characters was like, Oh yeah, I, I was afraid for you, Judy, you know, kind of thing. <laughs> so yeah. yeah no. Um, I, I like that. I think usually like, the, I think the main focus is on like Jen and Judy's conversations, their relationships and stuff, but they kind of mm-hmm. place them in different contexts that yeah kind of either lighten the mood or like kind of just like change it up a bit but mm-hmm. yeah what, what would you think oh uh, i think uh i think it's um kind of a interesting kind of breakup from the rest of the show and i think it specifically kind of satirizes um like support groups like christianity to some extent mm-hmm. pastors and the ways that the way that they kind of and counselors, you know, kind of the way that we we try and or they try and um, assist in a situation. Um, but uh, yeah, I think Pastor Wayne is funny because he's like a lot of people I've met, and yeah. just uh, it's just a very familiar approach that he does. You know, he, when he talks, just kind of mm-hmm. reflect back, kind of what people are saying. Yeah. and kind of make a suggestion that's like super corny, like yeah. with the balloon thing. <laughs> Yeah, he's like super cliche. Like every line he says essentially is like a cliche. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I thought it was funny too when um like it kind of just shows their dynamic of Jen and Judy when they kind of think very divergently about that idea. Hmm. Like Judy thought it was an awesome idea and Jen thought it was like horrific to to do yeah. that to comm- commemorate slash memorialize her dead husband. Yeah. Yeah, but then uh, Jen ends up doing it because we, we, we get introduced to Ted's mom, um, mm-hmm. Lorna. She comes into uh, Steve's house and all that. And under pressure, Jen is like, uh, I'm I'm going to do a memorial for Ted. And then she takes like the balloon idea, which she said was stupid. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 Uh, I've never done that before. Like to save face like that, that's kind of crazy. Yeah, uh, they obviously do not have a good relationship. So we get you know a little bit more background on, um, well, really, I mean, Ted, Ted and Jan's relationship, also Jan's relationship to her mother-in-law. I, she's um, I actually kind of liked her. I felt like oh, really? she brought, yeah, yeah. I, th- I thought I thought she brought some good um, uh, what's the word? I don't say logic, but just some uh just a more objective perspective i mean i know that she's kind of the really demanding and um uh hateful kind of mother-in-law in in kind of these sitcoms but at the same time i like how she's challenging thought like she's challenging the way that uh judy was kind of um god what was she like when she approached her in the uh at the in the bathroom Right, kind of like questioning uh, Judy's motives and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like I thought that was um, interesting. I guess um, kind of played out like that. That kind of character, but um, I don't know. I, I I liked her. I liked her as an addition to the show. Mm. Yeah, you, you think she'll play a bigger role moving forward? I'm like not sure. Like, I feel like they, they kind of used her to introduce that, like, Ted wasn't all that he seemed. 
kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I feel like in terms of like or like Jen's world wasn't as great as maybe she's letting on before Ted died. So, yeah, I don't know. I feel like she might have just played her role, you know, and mm-hmm. that's it. Like just kind of setting the kind of the 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 ball in motion that like oh something was not quite right the night that Ted died. Mm-hmm. Like, you know. Which leads us to question, like, what happened between Jen and Ted uh, the night that he got killed? Like, was there yeah. an argument? Well, you know, what had happened? Yeah, I think that's still, like, the lingering question, because Lorna drops that bomb and is like, you know, Ted called me. And then we, we still don't know what they what they talked about. Um, but, I mean, we, we get a bit more just, like, background on Ted, though. I mean, we find out Ted, Ted be having an affair. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um and you know, Bambi. Bambi eighty-eight or whatever up in here. Um, what 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 you think of that whole, I guess, twist, if you could call it that? I don't know. Yeah. I didn't expect it. I mean, I just thought the whole connection, the video game connection between Ted and um his son uh Charlie, I thought that was just kind of an endearing thing, and they kind mm-hmm. of flipped it and turned it into like, oh wow, like Ted was going on the internet and he was actually cheating with uh cheating against um you know, Jen. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, like that definitely caught me by surprise. I didn't think it was super funny. Like when they finally met Bambi and confronted yeah. her, I think it was, I thought it was kind of cheesy. Like just, just the, the really airheaded girl waitress has kind of played mm-hmm. out to me, that character. Um, but like I said, like, I feel like that kind of interaction, that kind of scene would really, you know, would really be hilarious for some people. Um, but to me, just, I don't think it hit as hit the way that I think the writers had meant it to. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, when Jen and Judy meet Bambi, you know, Jen's like, of course, this is who it is, you know, like like she, her life is the living cliche or something like that. You know, like this, um, you know, yeah, not, not the brightest, but just like essentially just physically attractive and that's kind of it, um, kind of thing. But yeah, I think it just again just showing. I mean, Ted's like kind of a jerk, I guess. I don't. I mean, he's having an affair, so he is not faithful. And then also, I mean, I think it was like after when Jen and Judy are talking a bit about it, you know, Jen's like, "Oh yeah, you know, we we haven't had sex in however long. It's, it's been a pretty long time." So just more and more mm-hmm. is like, "Oh yeah, their relationship before his death wasn't necessarily wasn't great. Be- perfect." Yeah. Yeah. And then, I mean, spe- speaking of maybe just men in the show, we we get more screen time with Steve now too. True, um, true. You know, Steve and Judy have a bunch of conversations, and we we just get to see more of his perspectives and the way he thinks about things. Uh, I would say Steve's also kind of a jerk. Maybe that's just kind of how they're portraying the different male characters. But mm-hmm. um, hmm. yeah, what would you think about when Steve wanted to get back with Judy? I was surprised by that. Yeah. Um, I mean, I thought it was, hmm. Yeah, I, I don't really know what his motives are. Um, I, I think he could be really manipulative, but at the same mm-hmm. time, I just see him as a, like a narcissist, like mm-hmm. a character who's just really into himself. And I think, um, yeah, just, you know, if he could get with Judy and, you know, spend a couple of nights with her, then he be he's good. Mm. Um, and just kind of keep her on the side, I guess. Um, yeah, I didn't really think too much about it, but I just feel like that kind of plays into his character of being mm. 
just really self-centered and just kind of this narcissistic kind of character. Um, how did yeah, you see it? That makes sense. Um, so even a little bit before that, we learned that Steve doesn't know who Jen is in terms of like Ted, the Ted connection. Oh think, yeah, yeah, yeah. Last yeah. episode we were kind of talking back and forth, we like, ah, does Steve know? I don't know. I feel like he would have to. And then um, Steve comes and talks to Judy, and Judy just like, you know, Jan is is the person's husband or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, you know, when when he was trying to get back with her and all that, I was like, man, is 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 this man just trying to manipulate her, essentially to control the situation in some way? Because. Mm-hmm. Um, I think also, like, in the first two episodes, I, I really wondered what everyone's motivations were. Just because, I mean, it's early. You can't really tell. But I think at this point, yeah. it just seems like Judy just has a ton of guilt. And she really wants to help Jen. And kind of, mm-hmm. like, atone for the for what she's done. And right. I mean, when you see that, I think it's pretty unhealthy that, essentially, Judy's taking on every burden that Jen is being faced with. Mm-hmm. Like, unnecessarily so. Right, uh, but right, then right. I, I feel like Steve might just be afraid, be like, ah, is, you know, Judy's going to tell her or something. And then I was like, is that why he's trying to get back with her? Uh, maybe it's a mm-hmm. mix of things. I don't know. That, that was kind of my, my thought. I'm just like, yeah, I don't, I don't have a positive view of Steve currently, I think. Yeah. Like both Judy and Steve are trying to get away with this, mm-hmm. uh, but they're doing it in different ways and they're both not being truthful about it. Yeah. Like Judy's kind of escaping the truth by being like a pathological liar. And Steve is um, escaping the truth by like kind of running away, like trying to just, um, you know, forget about the situation, mm-hmm. just like whatever about it. And that kind of was his approach before Judy kind of stepped back in. and was like, yeah, Jen knows, like she knows what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, I was trying to tell you and all that. Uh, so, yeah, you know, I, I don't have... I don't particularly like Steve. I don't think he's meant to be a likable character yeah. in this show. Um, but yeah, I, I do like uh, the the old guy at the retirement home though. He's really funny. <laughs> yeah. like when Steve walked in, he's like, "Oh, hey, there's a Steve. He's an asshole." <laughs> and when they're talking in the hall, he's like, "You need backup. I, yeah. I got nothing to lose." <laughs> uh. Yeah, so I like how they still they still maintain the comedy and they just have it there for mostly comic relief, kind of secondary, like I was saying before. But it helps, yeah. I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Steve, he's he's like that guy. He's I don't like him, but he's also not one hundred percent wrong in his perspective. Like you know what the the whole Judy hmm. Jen dynamic is you pretty tell. bad. Like that's pretty unhealthy, and I think he kind of has his line like. You know, your relationship is built on lies and manslaughter, um, which is it's sort of like, you know, sort of a joke, but also like, oh, like, that's true, right? Mm-hmm. Like, Judy and Jen, they obviously, Judy's keeping the secret from Jen. And so I'm like, ah, Steve, I don't like you, but you're not, you're not totally wrong. So mm-hmm. it's just kind of, kind of mixed with that, but. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if this show is uh is is also about like mental illness mm. and the different types of kind of um you know types of problems these characters are dealing with like Judy is kind of like this people pleaser um and kind of this person who is dealing with all this guilt 
but at the same time, um, she, I think she engages in a lot of like delusional thinking too. Mm. Like, you know, you know, the part where the, the cops come in and they ask kind of who did it kind of thing. Judy was kind of flashing back to, you know, being, you know, in that car mm. and, uh, and, and hitting Ted. And then she's kind of saying, I did it. And then I think at that moment she was like trying to confess that she did it, like actually yeah. did it. But then it was opportune for her because in that situation it was referring to the Lambo or whatever that got mm-hmm. destroyed. And then in another situation when they're driving in the car and she's talking about how she wants to quote unquote get back with Steve to go back to the way it was. When she was having that conversation with Jen, they weren't actually talking about the back back to the way it was before she killed Ted. Yeah. They're talking about going back with Steve. So in all these different situations, like she's conveniently telling the truth when they're actually lies. Mm-hmm. In her mind it's the truth, but in reality they're lies. So I don't I just and she doesn't rectify it after she kind of realizes what she says. Mm. Um I don't know what that has to do with mental illness, but I just I think that delusional thinking piece is kind of, I guess that, and then Steve kind of just being narcissistic, and then Jen mm. like, she must have like ADHD or something like bipolar disorder, <laughs> intermittent explosive disorder. Like yeah. she's so angry all the time, and like that's the problem that that creates problems in her life. Like it it um, ostracizes her from people. It you know, she like reacts and destroys property. Like mm-hmm. there are some like very uh dysfunctional behaviors and maladaptive behaviors going on in this show. Mm-hmm. Um that's just my yeah, psych- psychologist coming in thinking. with some diagnoses up in here. <laughs> yeah, I think moving forward, I assume that Judy's behavior will probably just get more and more like erratic. As mm. you know, I feel like the show just keeps teasing. Like Jen's gonna find out at some point. It mm-hmm. just hasn't happened yet, you know. Right. Like that, that one scene when Jen is like sitting outside and the balloon comes back to her. I was like, this yep. is so cheesy. Um, I was like, please. <laughs> um, I mean, it ended up not being whatever like uh, Judy wrote because she's like, oh, it's mm-hmm. all my fault. And, you know, it's something else. But still, I was like, this. This wouldn't happen in real life, but um, so I feel like they're just trying to tease, be like, ah, oh, Jen's about to find out. Ah, oh, no, just kidding, yeah. But then at some point, I think she will, yeah. I think as that fear kind of keeps building for Judy, like she's gonna go off and do something very irrational, mm-hmm. um, because she, she just really wants to not like get away with it, but she, she wants to atone, kind of like you were saying, like she wants to make up for it. But she also doesn't really want to tell Jen what she did. Yeah. Like, I think, right. it, like, how episode four ends, you know, is like, because they, they go and uh, Jen breaks up with Steve on Judy's behalf. Mm-hmm. And then um, was it Judy is talking to Jen about the conversation with Bambi afterward, after Jen had walked out. Because Judy was talking to Bambi and she's like, oh, I'm I'm his wife or whatever. And then right. she finds out that Ted gave the story that Jen died. And mm-hmm. um, she tells Jen, he's like, oh, he killed you. And then after like a couple of seconds, Jen is like, I'm glad he's dead. Mm-hmm. And uh, Judy just gets this like smile on her face. 
Right, right. And that's kind of how the episode ends, where, like, I think she is desperately trying to fix the situation without mm-hmm. directly just, like, confessing. But right. I think at some point, though, like, you know, a couple more episodes in, like, that's going to just really cause a lot of stress on her and, like, burden, and, like, something's going to happen, I think. Mm-hmm. My assumption yeah, like you there. said, what, what Steve said, your life is built upon lies and manslaughter. Like, mm-hmm. it's going to fall. That tower of lies is going to fall at some point. Yeah. Uh, I think just really quickly, like, you know, what you mentioned about the balloon coming back and that being really cheesy, but then it also not not revealing the fact that it was Judy. Mm-hmm. Like, to me, that's one of the um, kind of the flaws of the show is that there are just too many swerves. There's just too many, like, close calls in this mm-hmm. show to where you just feel kind of like they're building it up and then, like, they just, like, pop in your face and it's, like, not not what you yeah. expect in a bad way. Mm. Like, it doesn't actually make, make the character... It doesn't actually evolve the characters or change the characters. It mm. kind of sets them in their ways. Like, it makes Jen into a more angry person or it makes her into a person who's even more depressed. And, like, it makes Judy into even more of a like a, a liar and, and someone who's just, just, you know, um, kind of schizo. Mm-hmm. And then like, you know, I just like that to me is a downfall of the show because I think it could be even more nuanced, but I could see how maybe the writers are still building things up until kind of towards the end of the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, another flaw, if I could go real quick, is just yeah. like also the show to me is a little bit too perfect. Like, yeah, it, it perfectly revolves around the lives of Jen and Judy that it just seems super unrealistic. Just like the way that the balloon floated back to her, mm-hmm. just like the way that when they meet for these friends of heaven things, it's always about them. Like it's always going back to them and that's just not realistic in a show. Like that's what I, that's why I loved community so much because mm-hmm. every character in that group was a main character and you explore each of their lives. And even though there might be certain shows that focus on certain characters, you still know that each character has, has like inherent value. But it feels like in this show, characters outside of Jen and Judy are only there to progress the char- the, the storylines of Jen and Judy. Mm, yes, which yes. makes sense for the show, but it it makes it makes if it makes you feel as a viewer watching those peripheral interactions less satisfying and it just makes it like why are we watching this let's go back to you know da 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 Mm. um and and it feels flat too it just feels unauthentic like ingenuine Mm -hmm. uh, ingenious it just doesn't feel right because like when they had the memorial party for ted it's like oh uh, it's like oh it's gonna be a party like let's invite all the friends but it's just like, <laughs> like Chris, no one's there. his is no one there. It's like Chris, the the gay realtor guy, and Lorna. Like, are you yeah. serious? Like, I don't think you're. I don't think you have like no friends. Like, this yeah. is just too convenient. You know. Anyways, rant over. <laughs> mm, no, that's true though. I, I think you hit it on, on the head there. Cause yeah, this. I, I, I like these episodes still, you know, maybe we can go into our ratings and stuff, but yeah, I think it's yeah. starting to slip away like 
sort of for my interest or maybe, yeah, maybe just the uh, realistic aspect of it maybe is is what you're pointing out where I'm like, yeah, I, I, everything else goes to serve Jen and Judy, right? It's kind of like we were saying, even like the comedic aspects of things. um, Yeah, they're just there and like, we we don't really know. Like, I think we talked last episode too, like, I mean, obviously Jen's kids are dealing with it. Like, it shows it a little bit, like with, um, Mm -hmm. was it Charlie, want to play the games and all that. But ultimately that went to serve Jen figuring out about Bambi. Like it wasn't mm-hmm. even a thing, you know, like for a second, yeah. Charlie was like, Oh, you serious? Like he was happy, but then it yeah, like yeah. never even br- brings him up again. Like everything's just a vehicle for like Jen essentially. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Um, but I mean, g- given all that, what, what kind of, what kind of rating you at now? You know, last time for episodes one and two, we gave it a four. Uh, what yeah. about now? Man, I- I'm going to be honest. Uh, I- I've been pretty negative on this show this uh this pod and i'm gonna keep that vibe Ooh. this shows a two point two two out of five for me right now Ooh. two out of five. Oh, i stumbled oh. on my words but i'm i'm accurate about that two out of five wow that's much much worse than i was expecting <laughs> wow yeah so if it, if it wasn't for the you, podcast man? would you keep watching i might just stop Ooh. I, I might I might go halfway, like see what episode five is about, but if that's no good, I might just stop. Wow, wow. I yeah. I think this might be another one of those situations where like we're the haters, but then the general public it like loves the show. Like I mean, I, I haven't really read too much up on, on Dead to Me, but I, I think a couple of articles I've seen floating on like Facebook or whatever, like generally they're all positive. Um mm-hmm. So it might be like that yeah. again, where we're like, eh, I don't know about this, but then the ratings are like ten out of ten or something. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> what did you what did you think, man? Just your your honest critique, your honest yeah. assessment of uh three and four. Yeah. So I was floating between um like three or four out of five. I, I think I'm gonna land on three just because I mean, I would I would do three and a half, but you know, just to okay. stick with our whole whole numbers, I I I, I give it a three, um, just because okay. yeah, I feel like the the pieces are there, but some of the execution, like we were just talking about, like just kind of draws mm. you out of the show watching experience, or draws you out of like the world because they're not they're not really building out the experience, you know, it's just really focused. Sure. Um, so yeah, I'm still interested. Like I w- I would definitely keep watching. I think. Um, yeah, but I'm not as excited as after watching episode one and two. I mean, I'm still there. Like they still got me. I still want to know what yeah, happens. Yeah, yeah. It's just like slightly less. So I'm not. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not as a, uh, you know, mad as maybe as you are up in arms, <laughs> but still a little bit. Yeah, this show is dead to me. Hey, I say. Hey. <laughs> All right, so Dill's got it at a three out of five. I got it at a two out of five. We'll see how this show goes um, when we talk about five and six. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, we'll talk about that next week. We're going to end our show on our typical segment, What's Making You Happy This Week. So Dill, man, what's making you happy this week? Yeah, for sure. Uh, this past weekend, I got together with some friends. We uh, we got dinner, ate some good food. It was a yes, sir. A Chinese slash Korean restaurant. Um, oh, word! 
Yeah, yeah. So I mean, is is a Chinese restaurant? The chef is Chinese, but it's essentially is an old Korea town in Dallas. So okay. they kind of have to also uh, bring some Korean influence in there. So food is pretty good. What they're known for is like the noodles with the black bean sauce. Um, oh yeah, jajangmyeon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure, that's like their specialty. Jajangmyeon. Yeah. So we got that. Is 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 good. I, I liked it. And then that was only part one. Part two. Uh, we went Whoa. next door, sort of, and then we went karaoke. So, oh, snap. A, you know, eat good food, then go karaoke. Uh, it's a good time. I, I like, I like karaoke. So, yeah, it's making me happy this week. Yeah, nice. What, what about you, my friend? Um, I think there are a couple things that are making me happy. Um, we actually haven't had a pod in a while. It feels like, mm. um, but um you know, just recording again. Uh, I think I, I went to a wedding back in Ooh. Houston. I think I talked about that before. That was really, really good to see some old friends, uh, to reconnect and, um, you know, just, just have a good time. Weddings about celebration and just having a good time. Um, that same weekend I was able to cop the, the, the bread fours or for hey. the real old school heads, you know, the Jordan four black cements, uh, they're actually in your size deal, so you know, hey. just just let me know. That's I'm true, your plug. That's true. <laughs> um, and I was, and I asked also when I just came back to my apartment today. Um, I'm on my third box of the monthly su- subscription for the Hot Ones hot sauces. Oh wow! Yeah. So you, it's it's been it's been surprising. Yeah. To get one every month. Yeah. Nice. You, have you used like a whole bottle of anything yet? I have, yeah. I oh, wow. um, I used, yeah. Um, I think pretty much two full bottles, um, out of six sauces. So you mm. get three per box, and um, I tried the the classic, which was pretty good. Um, I like that one. It's kind of like a, it's kind of like a sauce, like a the chili gar- garlic chili kind yeah. of sambal sauce, the typical oh, yeah, one. Yeah. yeah, that one's good. Um, and then also the the one called um. The one in the middle with the pineapple, the citrusy flavors. Gosh, what's this called? Uh, oh man, I can't think about it. I can't think yeah. of it. It's it's like kind of light colored one. Yeah, it's like the tropical uh, kind of one. Yeah, right? yeah, 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 yeah. That one was very good. Um, so uh, Las Calientes. Ah, that's yeah. the one. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, but I'm still working on it. It's a lot of sauce, so you know, it's 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 it's, it's good. It's good. Nice. Uh, yeah. Well, uh, man, this is uh, this has been a long one. Um, well, cool deals. Nice chat with you about what's making me happy this week. Uh, listeners, tune in next week when we talk more about Dead to Me episodes five and six. This was a Pour Over podcast. Follow us on Instagram at Pour Over underscore Show to take to stay up to date with the Pour Over gang. Our artwork is by Daniel Liu. Find him on Instagram at Here Comes Daniel. Music is by Joshua Yin. You can listen to his other tracks on soundcloud.com slash kidmajestic. One word. Thanks for joining us and take care. Yeah. Peace. Yeah. Be back. <laughs>